Barry Dunn's podcast series regarding ASC Topic 842 leases. My name is Dawn Patterson, and I am a CPA and an audit senior manager in both the commercial and not-for-profit groups here at Barry Dunn. As you know, the lease guidance has changed significantly from Topic 840, starting with the years beginning on or after December 15, 2021. This series will take you through some of the main provisions in ASC Topic 842 to get you on your way to understanding and implementing the new guidance. We will start our lease podcast series by discussing what is a lease and the steps to determine if a contract contains a lease. Under ASC Topic 840, the old definition of a lease stated that it is an agreement conveying the right to use property, plant, or equipment, such as land or depreciable assets or both, usually for a stated period. Under ASC Topic 842, the new definition of a lease states it is a contract or part of a contract that conveys the right to control the use of identified property, plant, or equipment, an identified asset, for a period in exchange for consideration. You can see several differences in these definitions. First, the new definition refers specifically to contract and includes mention that a lease can be viewed as being only part of a contract. Second, the new definition includes the term control within the context of the lease. Third, the new definition includes mention of the fact that a lease requires an exchange of consideration. The Financial Accounting Standards Board, or FASB, noted the following with respect to the determination of whether a contract contains a lease. In most cases, the assessment of whether a contract contains a lease should be straightforward. A contract will either fail to meet the definition of a lease by failing to meet many of the requirements or will clearly meet the requirements to be a lease without requiring a significant amount of judgment. However, the board added guidance to make it easier for entities to make the lease assessment for more complicated scenarios. Next, we will be going through the steps to determine if a contract contains a lease. There are three main steps in determining if a contract contains a lease. Step one, is there an identified asset? Step two, does the customer have the right to obtain substantially all of the economic benefits from the use of the asset throughout the period of use? Step three, does the customer or the supplier have the right to direct how and for what purpose the identified asset is used throughout the period of use? Let's take a closer look at each of these steps. Step one, is there an identified asset? The key points to consider consist of the following. One, you can have explicit or implicit identification in the contract. Two, are there substitution rights? Simply put, an entity cannot conclude that it has the right to use an identified asset if the supplier has the substantive right to substitute the asset throughout the period of use. Two conditions must exist within the contract for a supplier's substitution rights to be considered substantive. First, the supplier has the practical ability to substitute alternative assets throughout the period of use. This would be a situation in which a customer cannot prevent the supplier from substituting an asset and the asset must be readily available. Second, the supplier would benefit economically from the exercise of its right to substitute the asset. This involves the supplier comparing the economic benefits of substituting the asset and determining whether these benefits would exceed the cost of performing the substitution. The overall principle with respect to substitution rights is that they should be evaluated based on the facts and circumstances at the inception of the contract and should not consider certain future events that are not likely to occur. 
An additional consideration of substitution rights is how easily substitution of the asset can actually be performed. If you determine that there's an identified asset, you move on to step two, which is, does the customer have the right to obtain substantially all the economic benefits from the use of the asset throughout the period of use? An entity obtaining substantially all the economic benefits of the use of the asset can be accomplished in several ways. The most common way would be that the entity has exclusive use of the asset throughout the period of use, which provides an entity with a distinct competitive advantage. This determination should generally be readily apparent to the entity. If you determine that there's an identified asset in the contract and that the customer has the right to obtain substantially all the economic benefit from the use of the asset throughout the period of use, you move on to step three, which is, does the customer or the supplier have the right to direct how and for what purpose the identified asset is used throughout the period of use? The right to use, that is control, is the fundamental assessment that an entity is required to consider when determining whether a contract contains a lease. If an entity determines that it has the right to direct the use of the asset, the contract is a lease. Alternatively, if an entity makes a determination based on the facts and circumstances of the contract that the supplier has the right to direct the asset, the contract is not a lease. An entity has the right to direct the use of an asset throughout the period of use in either of the following situations. First, the entity has the right to direct how and for what purpose the asset is used throughout the period of use. Examples of these decision-making rights include the right to change the type of output, the right to change when the output is produced, the right to change where the output is produced, and the right to change whether the output is produced. Second, the decisions on how and for what purpose the assets will be used are predetermined and at least one of these following conditions exist. One, the entity has the right to operate the asset or direct others to operate the asset throughout the period of use without the supplier having the right to change those operating instructions. Two, the customer designed the asset or specific aspects of it in a way that predetermines how and for what purpose the asset will be used throughout the period of use. In summary, there are several steps you must consider to determine if a contract contains a lease. Step one, is there an identified asset? Step two, does the customer have the right to obtain substantially all the economic benefits from the use of the asset throughout the period of use? And step three, does the customer or the supplier have the right to direct how and for what purpose the identified asset is used throughout the period of use. Thank you for joining us today as we start our journey together into ASC Topic 842 leases. We hope you can join us as we continue our journey into some of the other lease concepts in ASC Topic 842, as well as the measurement, recognition, presentation, and disclosure requirements and transition methods we'll cover in future podcasts.